welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here. Across the nation, the phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on this program, I would be delighted to have you. Y'all, 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 y'all. We, we got we to gotta work on this. I, I need you to go back in the time machine with me before I go anywhere else and do anything else. I need you to go back in the time machine with me. We only have to go back to August. I've got to play you a clip. I've been saving this clip. This is from August 21st, 2022. This is how Chuck Todd opened Meet the Press with the latest NBC News polling. We are less than three months before the midterms, and our brand new NBC News poll paints a pretty bleak picture. Americans are angry, they're disappointed, and they are worried about the future of this country. Just 21% of adults say we are heading in the right direction, and once again, three out of four Americans say we're on the wrong track. In fact, this number, never before in our poll, has this wrong track number been over 70% for this long? It's been nearly a year now. 58%, by the way, say America's best years are behind us. That's an all-time high in our poll. So what is behind this rise in pessimism about our country's future? Well, it starts with this. Americans don't like either party, and they don't like anyone in power. Take a look at this. Both political parties are very unpopular, one slightly more than the other. It's a similar story with both the current and former presidents with the former president's negatives actually rising a bit faster uh, than we've seen since our last poll. The current and former vice presidents, also both deeply unpopular, almost identical. And even the two politicians who have most publicly stood up to the leaders of their own parties, Joe Manchin and Liz Cheney, well, no one likes them either. And with their own parties, they are the most unpopular. So add it all up, and this country now has low confidence in a bunch of institutions, Justice Department, the Supreme Court, even our public schools. And for the first time ever, when asked what is the most important issue facing this country, the top answer was not an economic issue. It was threats to the democracy, higher than cost of living, or jobs, or guns, or even abortion. So this is the environment in which voters are going to the polls this November. They're pretty angry. In a normal year, these numbers would forecast electoral doom for the party in power. But boy, these midterms, they're going to be unlike any we've seen in history. And I'll warn you, the old rules of politics probably don't apply. Chuck Todd on August 21st, 2022, looking at NBC News polling, said, I'll warn you, the old rules of politics probably don't apply. He was suggesting that Historically, in midterms, the party in power gets a slacking. And that maybe, just maybe, that would not be the case this time. Maybe because of the Dobbs decision and Roe v. Wade, et cetera, maybe, just maybe, the Republicans, well, they would get a slacking too. Shellacking. That's not the way it works. And I said the very next day on radio, I, I, I played the clip, and I know and like Chuck even as we may disagree on things, but I said he was wrong. 
It's the economy, stupid. It's always been the economy. In every election cycle like this, it's the economy. What has been going on, and Philip, you probably want to cut this piece right here up very precisely for Instagram and for Twitter. What has been happening over the last two months is Democrats have taken historic polling trends of Democrats swinging into a generic ballot lead and then collapsing again in August and September as Republicans checked out for back-to-school or last-minute vacations, and they've used the Roe v. Wade situation to spin their friends in the media to suggest that the old rules of politics might not apply as a way to build some momentum for themselves. And the media, already sympathetic to the Democrats, already hostile to a Trump-oriented Republican Party, were willing to buy the narrative out of hope, out of wish-casting. For the last two months, the American political press has peddled a Democrat-oriented narrative, sympathetic to them, calculating that the Roe v. Wade situation may make the old rules of politics not apply and ignoring that actually in every election like this, the old rules do do apply and it is the economy stupid. I have told y'all for two months, the wind the Democrats felt at their backs was a hurricane coming for them. And I was right. And all of these people in the media suggesting that Roe v. Wade was really going to reshape the political landscape and calculations, they were wrong. I was wrong that Roe v. Wade wouldn't matter at all. In some Democratic-leaning parts of the country, you will see an increase in Democrats, and they will save some seats from the GOP. But they were wrong in that it would be enough to mitigate the damage altogether. In the last three weeks of the election, the undecided female vote of America is breaking decisively for the GOP on economic issues. It's easy to be a Democrat and to get your story out. It's easy to spin a press that is already sympathetic to you. And for the last two months, we have witnessed that in America. We have witnessed the Democrats and media who live in the same bubble tell each other that all the warning signs were not really warning signs. We have witnessed the media and the Democrats tell each other that the data were actually just anecdotes and anecdotes aren't data. They've confused the anecdotes and the data. And now reality is beginning to dawn. Benjamin Hart in the intelligence or column of New York Magazine, a liberal publication, has conducted an interview with Dave Wasserman. Dave Wasserman is the house editor for the nonpartisan Cook Political Report. Wasserman is one of those people Democrats were sharing their internal polling with in 2020. And Wasserman was reliably telling people that things were actually looking good for the Democrats in 2020. And Wasserman, like everyone else, missed the giant wave of Republican counterinsurgency. The Democrats have spun a lot of people. Wasserman's one of the ones who hasn't really fallen for it necessarily this year. Lesson learned for him. Democrats have suggested maybe, just maybe, because of abortion, you're missing the counter-Democratic insurgency this year. 
But in this interview with New York Magazine, Wasserman is telling you what I have told you for some time. What's happening is a hurricane has been building for the Democrats. What's happening is the wind at the back, Democratic Party, could sink them. On the heels of some Democratic strength last month, is this shaping up as a more standard midterm where the opposition party does well after all? The interviewer asked Dave Wasserman. He writes, I think Nate Silver, or says, my friend and fellow prognosticator asked the right question over the summer when he wondered whether this would be an asterisk selection. Today, we're somewhere between an asterisk year in which there's a minimum wave and a classic midterm election where Republicans do quite well. I think this is a category two or three hurricane headed Democrats wage, just not a four or a five. Biden's approval ratings have sucked all year. This hasn't changed. Democrats have come home to him a bit since Dobbs. Gas prices have come down a bit, and he's been able to get an agenda during an election year, which is impressive, but that's only gotten him to between 42 and 43%. Historically, that's a rough place to be. The silver lining for congressional Democrats is their approval outpaces Biden's. But the main reason is the Democratic incumbents have the luxury of stockpiling cash while Republicans were in bitter primaries that allowed Democrats a head start to communicate what benevolent bipartisan people they were and to run as moderates, whereas Republicans were stuck running right. It's not going to do them any good. The chickens are coming home to roost. I've been telling everyone this was going to happen. I've been ridiculed and mocked, seen all the hate mail. People have denied it because the pundits on Twitter and the talking heads on TV have said, no, no, be still my soul. Abortion was going to change the dynamics. It's just not true. It's always been the economy, stupid. When you hear someone say the old rules probably don't apply, you should be careful here. I have a quote. I love it. Charlie and Philip are immediately going to know what quote I'm about to talk about because my radio agent said this one time to me. I had to give him the response. There's a very famous Margaret Thatcher quote, and I love it. She said, when someone tells you to think outside the box, shoot them. (laughs) It's a great Margaret Thatcher quote. I, I heard her say it one time. When someone tells you to think outside the box, shoot them. That's, it's not to say you don't always have to think outside the box, but typically people who want to think outside the box are the people who think the rules don't apply. When you hear people say, the rules probably don't apply. The rules probably do apply, and that person is listening to voices trying to spin them. The rules have always applied in this election. The rules apply more than ever now. The economy is in the tank. This is the worst year since 1969 for people with money in the stock market. The worst year since 1969 if you have money in the stock market. That's a damning thing. That's something the Democrats can avoid politically. And it's remarkable 
things have gone on so long for them to think that they could get away with it. They can't. Now, I want to play you one more clip. This is a two-minute clip, and it's me. Because we're starting to hear this. I realize a prophet is not welcome in his hometown. On February 23rd, 2022, I said this. And Charlie, you may need to flag this monologue for I told you so. Put it in the file so we can play it again after Election Day. Because here's my theory of what's going to happen in November. The Democrats are going to have big early election turnouts. And all the headlines from all the major media outlets are going to be that Republican wave. It's just not showing up. The polling must be wrong, just like it has been in 2020, 2018, 2016. The polling, it must be wrong. The Democrats, you don't have to worry. There's no wave. You Republicans suck. You thought you were going to have a big time of it. You're not even showing up to vote. And all of these stories are going to be framed as Republicans, don't bother, you've lost. Look at the early vote. And they will be designed to suppress the Republican vote. Keep in mind, major media outlets have bought the Democratic talking point that Republicans want to suppress the vote. Major media outlets have bought the Democratic talking point that Republicans change laws across the nation to suppress the vote. So they will not think twice about running stories in the name of fairness, they'll say. That actually, you Republicans, there's no bother you've lost. Your wave isn't materializing. It's not showing up in the early vote. We know who's turning out, and it ain't you. There's no reason the Democrats are so far ahead unless you have a 102,000% bajillion million turnout of voters, you're not going to win in November on Election Day. You can't overcome the early vote. You might as well stay home. These will be stories designed to make you think twice about even bothering. They'll be designed to demoralize you. These stories will be designed to make you think twice about even bothering to show up at the polls on Election Day. And then Election Day will come, Republicans will vote, and Democrats will lose. I told you so. By the way, there are three stories in major news outlets today that, oh my gosh, the Democrats are turning out in early voting. You Republicans need to be on notice. Of course. I told you that was going to happen. Don't panic. Democrats these days do that, and then they lose. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do-tank. Americans for Prosperity is a -a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you, check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K.
It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on this here program. Real quick, uh, I want you all to join me for some exclusive briefings in the last week before the midterms at Governor's Gun Club. Uh, it is the largest indoor skeet shooting facility. It's a country club for gun owners. It's in Kennesaw, Georgia, October 28th from 5 p.m. until. Uh, if you get a VIP ticket, you get to come early. You get to sample some bourbons with me, check out the gun range. If you want a general admission ticket, just come show up, ask questions, and talk. I'm going to have Cody Hall from Governor Kemp's campaign there to talk about what's happening in Georgia. I'm going to have Rich McCormick. He'll be a future member of Congress coming with me as well. And uh, I'm going to spend some time. This is part of the reason I was in D.C., uh, is some of these conversations with people behind the scenes. I can give you the intel of how things are shaping up and look at the early voting trends and the like. It'll it'll make you deeply informed. Uh, it'll be a data dive, and I'll answer your questions really about anything. All you have to do is text the word bourbon to 33777. Uh, click the link and get a ticket. Text bourbon to 33777. Click that link, buy a ticket, show up. We'll have a lot of fun. And again, you can get a general admission ticket. Just come hang out for the talk. Uh, if you want a VIP ticket, come early, check out the range and the like. Uh, you are more than welcome to. Now, let's see. I think I've got time here to squeeze in a phone call. I want to go to Jim real quick. Jim, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Eric. Question, how much influence uh, does Biden's bait and switch of running like a moderate but governing like a woke have on the voters? Uh, you know, I actually think it does have some level of impact on voters. It, it comes across as disingenuous. Um, yeah. it, it, it's, um, it, and you know, I, I think the voters, they're starting to recognize that the Biden administration promised to return to normalcy and, and they're not returning to normal. And there's no. this voter anxiety that shows up in the polling. When you ask voters about the Biden administration, essentially, um, it, what, what comes up in the open-ended polling it's where's the return to normalcy and instead they're advancing the the left-wing agenda they're advancing the transgenderism issue in schools uh abortion on demand until today doing the uh, undoing the damage from stacey abrams this becomes a problem for the biden administration uh and it becomes a problem for democrats in general as they begin to drag people down in the polls with Biden's unpopularity. And frankly, just the, this this perception that the Democrats are kind of out to lunch on these issues. You know, when the economy is bad and voters are angry, they become angry about other things too. And the Republicans right now get to make the cultural case against the Democrats because the voters are mad about everything else. If the voters were happy with the economy, they really wouldn't give you license to rock the culture because Typically, swing voters who tend to be white, more heavily dominant female in suburban don't consider themselves culture warriors. Even if they are, they don't consider themselves that way. They allow you to wage holy war in the culture when the other side has wrecked the economy. And so they're giving the Republicans wide latitude right now to be able to um, shake up the culture and fight back on the woke stuff. Because the Democrats, they blame the Democrats for wrecking the economy. Now, we got to get more into what Abrams said. It's making national headlines. When we come back, I'll take your calls as well, 877-973-7425.
So winter is coming, and I got to tell you, I love the weight of the bull and branch sheets. I like them in the summer when it's hot and you don't want a lot of covers on you. But in the wintertime, they're just the perfect weight, the perfect, I don't know, smoothness. They're 100% organic cotton threads. They've got super softness. They get softer every time you wash them. They're just the drape when you're laying down and stuff. They're not, they're just perfect sheets. I love them. Uh, I am effusive with my praise for Bull and Branch, and I'm delighted to have them as an advertiser. Look, they're made from the highest quality threads. They got superior softness. They got over 25,000 rave customer reviews and counting. I'm one of them. The quality you can tell is great. They hold up well after all the washes I've put them through. And they just get softer. It doesn't matter what the thread count is. The fiber sucks. And you can tell they put a lot of great detail into the fibers they use. And look, Bola Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're going to feel the difference. You're not going to want to send them back. The first 100% organic fair trade certified bedding company ever. They use 90% less water than conventional production, zero pesticides, other chemical, toxic chemicals. They don't use them. It's just fantastic. Listen, I'm effusive with my praise. I love Bull & Branch. Try them for yourself. And again, you get a 30-night risk-free trial, free shipping, returns on all orders. Try the sheets that will make you fall for the coziest night's sleep in the season where you want cozy sheets. 15% off your first set of sheets. Free shipping when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Trust me, they're worth it. We've got five bedrooms, five beds, Bolin Branch sheets on every bed. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go to some phone goals right now. First, Tom, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show, Tom. Yeah, this is Tom. Uh, I just wanted to give warning to senior citizens. Uh, I'm getting in my email already from Social Security that they're going to give us an 8.5 increase. And the way they talk about it and they tell you, uh, say things in the in the email, it makes it sound really uh uh, exciting, but uh, yet uh, I think it's just because of the political uh, tone of it, and I think they're doing it because of the uh, the voting, especially doing it before voting this year. I don't remember it this time that last year. Oh yeah, listen, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Tom. This happened the other day. The Social Security uh, Administration is going to uh, give a cost of living increase. It's the highest cost of living increase ever given in social security. It also will more rapidly bankrupt the social security trust fund because of it. Uh, concurrent to all of that, the IRS has announced they're raising tax bracket rates to minimize, um, tax increases for people, but they're not raising them enough Uh, What's happened is people have gotten cost of living adjustments because of inflation and to avoid putting people in higher tax brackets, they're raising uh, the the income rates for each tax bracket. The problem is they're not raising them to base inflation. So you're still actually going to every single one of us wind up paying more taxes next year, but they're making it sound like they're doing you a favor when really they're not. They're just softening Uh, They're not ending, they're softening the impact of pay raises to combat inflation, which is remarkable. It's a sleight of hand. And seniors aren't putting up with this stuff. Even the Social Security uh, adjustment is not enough to offset what has happened. 
people are really angry, and that anger is going to carry Republicans through into the midterms. I mean, the data is just there and obvious for anyone who wants to look at it. Uh, Lewis, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Eric, I just want to make a comment on crude oil versus electricity on the cars. Uh, The only way I see that working, it's going to have to become a free market issue to where you have oil, gas, you can use that, or you can use electricity. But trying to say, okay, we're going to be um, um, zero emissions by 2050, that is an incoherent, absurd statement. Because when you get to Greenwood, Louisiana, and you have a pump jack that's pumping oil still in Louisiana, and you know that is an everyday reliable source, just like drinking water, common sense would be to say, okay, let's put it on the market as a choice, just like uh, nuclear power or versus wind. It needs to be where you can access both at the same time and quit trying to eliminate one or the other. I mean, it. To me, yeah. that would be the most common-sense approach. Oh, it absolutely would, and and yet because the Biden administration has such a bias in favor of batteries right now, uh, they want to punish oil and gas while saying they're not punishing oil and gas. Uh, this administration is deeply energy-unfriendly, and this drive for this clean energy uh, solution is not going to pan out for them. And I got to tell you, what's what's so crazy to me, in all honesty, I know there are people these days who can't hear anything I or anyone else says and not put politics into it or partisan spin. I really don't mean this as a partisan. I really don't mean this politically. I, I mean this very objectively practical I understand Democrats do believe we are at an environmental tipping point. And if we do not push people out of fossil fuels into renewables, we will flip our environment in ways that are irreversible. I understand that. What I also understand is most people don't believe that, whether it's true or not. I'm I'm not at this moment in purposes for right now going to argue the point I'm just going to say to Democrats, most people don't believe that. And what most people see is they can't afford to put gas in their car. Yes, gas prices have gone down some. They're still much higher than they were. What they hear the Biden administration say is that they've done nothing to stop oil producers from producing oil. But they have also repeatedly heard Joe Biden say we need to do everything possible to transition away from fossil fuels. And the American people, as much as I say voters are dumb, collectively the American people tend to have some level of common sense that when you are pushing the oil and gas industry out of business and raising costs or they see costs go up at a time that the Democrats keep telling them, buy a battery-powered car, they begin to believe whether or not it's true that this is intentional, that the costs going up, the regulations going up, the investment going down, that it's all intentional and it is political. If the Democrats want to transition the nation to clean energy, there are a couple of things they could do. One, they could unleash 
fossil fuels into this country. Bear with me here because I know it sounds a little nutty. The Democrats could unleash our fossil fuels, drill baby drill, build all the pipelines, drill all the gas, give all the leases, and make oil and gas cheap. That would lower costs. By lowering costs, it could expand the economy. And in expanding the economy, it could shrink the debt through growth of the economy. And in so doing, the Democrats could repackage and retool their economic incentives to move people off of fossil fuels. So the poor person starts to get a little more money because the economy is doing better. They then are given the economic incentive through tax credits to convert to the battery-powered car. By improving people's lot in life with fossil fuels by lowering their costs, which lowers the energy costs, which lowers the grocery bill and everything else, the Democrats could then package a tax subsidy for those people to convert. They're not doing that, though. What the Democrats need to do to transition everyone out of fossil fuels is to make fossil fuels right now so available that the cost comes down so significantly that it destabilizes the Middle Eastern countries themselves who are producing oil. Use our oil to lower the price so much that it destabilizes Middle Eastern OPEC oil pricing, which forces everyone in the world to begin to think This stuff is economically destabilizing, not because it's so expensive, but because it's so cheap. It's time to start using the excess money and the growth and the lowering of the national debt through an economic explosion to start building out a series of high-speed supercharging stations, start using the money to, to build out, pour out, and invest all sorts of uh, subsidies for electric-powered cars, but battery-powered cars, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. Instead, what they're doing is they are making it more difficult for oil and gas companies to produce. They are driving up costs through regulation, through curtailing of leases, through the shrinking the number of people reviewing existing leases, through the increase in regulation, through the decrease in refining capacity, through the decrease in pipeline capacity. They're driving up the cost of oil and gas to force people to use renewable energy at a time people can least afford to convert. You can't give a middle-class family a tax credit and say, hey, if you will move your heat pump, furnace, and air conditioner to this better, more efficient system, we will give you a tax credit because that middle-class person doesn't have the money to do it right now. They don't have the cash on hand. You can't convince a poor person to buy a more expensive LED bulb when the incandescent bulb costs so little right now. That's the one they have to use because the cash on hand they have is not enough to buy the LED. It's not like they don't realize it. They could buy the LED 
and they could get a more expensive light bulb that reduces their power costs, but it's not going to reduce their power costs enough to offset the upfront costs of the more expensive bulb when they're okay paying for the cheaper bulb because they've already figured out how to manage their monthly power bill. And the Democrats have forgotten all this. The Democrats are the ones who used to understand this. And I guess all those Democrats over time are the ones who became Republican. Democrats, you've got people who are barely making ends meet paying their current car note. They can't go swap out that car for a battery-powered car. They need the gas. If you want them to swap out that car, you need to lower gas prices as much as possible by producing as much domestic American energy as possible and putting those people to work and driving up their incomes and then giving them the subsidies so that then they can convert to the battery-powered car. But you're not going to do that because you epistemically are convinced we are at an environmental tipping point that no one else is convinced of, you failed to convince people of, no one feels and so no one's bought into it. What they know is you've driven up costs, you've made people really mad, and you've refused to give them common sense incentives to make conversions, instead telling them spend the money you don't have to convert to a battery-powered car you can't afford and do not want and do not have the space or the power available to be able to charge it overnight. You've handled the energy conversion to clean and renewable energy wrong. You're like Liz Truss. Liz Truss was the Prime Minister of Great Britain. She served for six weeks. She came out with an economically libertarian, small market, Reagan-esque, Thatcherite economic agenda. She proceeded to implement that agenda in exactly the way you would implement it if you wanted to make sure it failed. She did everything in the reverse order from what she should have done. And she has now probably sabotaged the free market, small government, Thatcherite mindset within the conservative party because she implemented all those agenda items they said were good, but she implemented them in the reverse order from which you should in order to make them work. And instead of seeing the markets grow, she saw the markets crash. And all people know is that's the agenda she wanted to implement, and she implemented it. She just did it badly, and now she's probably destroyed this. With the Democrats, you have an agenda you want people to embrace to get all fossil fuels. You've put it out there in reverse order from what you should have. You've driven up people's price instead of driven down their prices. You've been snide to them, and now people are burnt out. They don't feel the crisis. They know you did it, and there's going to be hell to pay for you at the ballot box. It was all readily foreseeable. You know, one of the groups I was talking to in Washington this week is Americans for Prosperity. What really sets them apart from a lot of the groups in Washington, D.C., is that they don't have a massive think tank in Washington. What they have is they have state-level organizations that turn you into conservative activists to advance sound conservative policy. Yes, they do white papers, they do studies, they provide research, but it's for you, the voter, to be able to understand what's at stake in Washington, D.C. And they want you to join with them to not only get smarter, but to become a better activist. So when you show up at your local school board, you have a real sense of what the issues are, and you have the data to back up your arguments. What you do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. 
americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Sign up. Find your local chapter. Start getting educated about the issues that matter from school choice to free markets to free people. Get the data. Get the research. Learn how to become an activist. Learn how to make comprehensive arguments to your school board, your city council, your county commission, or even your state legislature. Be the activist you think you want to be. Be the activist you have the potential to become with an organization that has never wavered from its commitment to free people and free markets. It's Americans for Prosperity. Sign up now. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, First Liberty can help your business grow Reach out to them if you need a loan, $750,000 or more for your business. The phone number is, or no, actually go to firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com, should you wish to um, talk to them. Tell them I sent you. I'm trying to, I'm, 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 I'm stuttering here slightly because I'm trying to find a clip without some, some audio at the end of it, and I can't really find it here so i'm gonna have to go to twitter and oh my gosh i i can't believe this this happened um um let's see where, where can i go twitter press sec because uh, somebody added some audio yep 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 uh yes here we go okay this is it this this is it i gotta play this exchange for you this literally happened at the white house just unbelievable Thank you, Kareem. So you're asking oil companies to further lower gas prices. What makes you think that they are going to listen to an administration that is ultimately trying to put them out of business? How, how is the administration trying to put them out of business? Well, they produce fossil fuels, and this president says he wants to end fossil fuel. So look, um, I, you kind of asked me this question yesterday, and here's here's where uh, where we would say U.S. oil production uh, is up and on track to reach a record high next year. We've seen that from their uh, uh, from when we see their profit margins, they are uh, they you know it's record high. Here's the problem. Uh, she says their oil production is up, as we can see from their profit margins. Actually, oil production is down. The reason the profit margins are up is because of the price of a barrel of oil. It's a it's a weird sleight of hand that she's doing for people who don't know any better. Actually, if you look at the trends, and by the way, the American government is the one that publishes the statistics. And they're actually lower than they were last year in terms of production because of this administration's deep hostility to energy in this country. It's remarkable they're still hanging on to this stuff. I mean, it really, really is remarkable. By the way, I mentioned Liz Truss is out as the UK's Prime Minister. She served for six weeks. Let me just play you some of that audio. It is kind of big news here. I came into office at a time of great economic and international instability. Families and businesses were worried about how to pay their bills. Putin's illegal war in Ukraine threatens the security of our whole continent and our country has been held back for too long by low economic growth. I was elected by the Conservative Party with a mandate to change this. We delivered on energy bills and on cutting national insurance. And we set out a vision for a low tax, high growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. 
I recognise, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. And so she's out six weeks, the shortest-termed prime minister who left for something other than death. Um, she's resigning after just six weeks, short term there. Uh, and you got all these people who tell us that we need to be a stable parliamentary democracy in this country. Not true. By the way, there's some breaking news just happened. Uh, Insider Advantage Fox 29 poll in Pennsylvania has John Fetterman at 46, Dr. Oz at 46. Literally every single poll in Pennsylvania over the last two months has trended in Dr. Oz's direction. And here, three weeks from Election Day, he's now tied with John Fetterman in one of these polls. First time this has happened. The same thing is happening in Arizona as the winds shift remarkably against the Democrats. Your phone calls when we come back, 877-973-7425. 